So, Gary, Shane Lowry, we've been talking about how good this guy is for a long, long time. And I think that possibly he maybe didn't believe it himself. Um, not that he didn't believe it himself, but certainly didn't want people talking openly about it. Um, but he delivered in style last week at what was a very, very big event on the US tour. He did. And it's it's a, a realisation of, I guess, what all his friends and family and, and fans like us you know, thought that he was capable of. He's had a, a really good season. Uh, he, you know, made a made a bold decision, I think, at the start of the year to play less, not to start in on the European Tour in the Middle East and started at Torrey Pines, had a top 10 there, um, did well at the AT&T and had his usual good week at Wentworth um, and then a big, big finish at the US Open, top nine finish. And he had a realistic chance on Sunday. Then he comes home and opens up with a couple of 66s at the Scottish Open and and faltered at the, <clears throat> at the weekend. And as you say, there was a lot of hype about him going into the Open Championship. And he tried to play it down. I, I don't think he's... I, I think he's, Shane is just such a regular bloke. He's such a, a normal guy and he realises how tough the game is and possibly thought that you know people were getting ahead of them, themselves. And he got probably a little sucked into that on the negative side, but to, to for his next start to to win like he did on Sunday, in the you know the enormity of that mm. tournament can't be underestimated, and and the style and yeah and drama he did it with was and flawless. you know you've got to make your luck. There's no doubt about it. Oh yeah, yeah. He there were a couple of moments there were very critical shots like on ten and even on eighteen, uh, and and he he delivered in style, but. I always remember when I watched him winning the Amateur, I was fortunate I was commentating with RTE at the time, um, watching him win as an amateur in Baltray in, in 2009. <clears throat> and the conditions that day were, were very poor. It was a tough golf course. Yeah. It was very wet. And coming down the stretch as an amateur, you could imagine he was feeling the pressure all the more. Yet he had the presence of mind. He was hitting shots that you wouldn't expect an amateur to hit in that uh-huh. he was playing the right shots at the right time. He, the variety of his shot-making skills were there for everyone to see. And he won it so impressively. And since then, I've really spent a lot of time following him. And I have no doubt about his abilities. You've got to remember that Shane has been following in the footsteps and playing with Roy McIlroy all through his career. Uh-huh. And in his amateur career, he, he was competing regularly with, with McIlroy. Uh, and McIlroy has moved on to a new stage and I think that Shane belongs in that same stage. He's now the 19th uh, ranked player in the world. Uh, I don't think that that flatters him by any stretch of the imagination. He's got a, he's got the power which you need in today's game. Yeah, plenty plenty of power. He's got great short game skills. And more importantly, I think that now he actually knows that he can compete on the PGA Tour. He can play with the world's best players. And as he's becoming more relaxed, he, we're now beginning to see the real Shane Lowry emerge on a tougher stage, which suits him. I think the the big thing with professional golf is a lot of guys are out there and they work hard and they play well and they're good players and and they all believe that they can win. But the difference is until you actually get over the line in those big events, it's never truly reinforced and you always have that lingering doubt. And the subconscious is a very powerful thing. And, and coming down the stretch in these events, because Shane has been close, he really has to to doing some big things and, and not really gotten over the line, which is a you know a source of huge frustration. But until you actually go and do it, 
then you truly can't believe it's just, it's a hope more so than a belief system. Mm -hmm. And I think, <clears throat> I think the pot, you know, because I, I was just nervous watching it because I just wanted him to win it. Mm -hmm. And I get it. It's a bit of an Irishism to kind of think, oh, he's not going to do it, you know, because you're just nervous for him to win. But the, you know, the, the chip on 17 was brilliant. So difficult, so easy to, to get that wrong when your hands are shaking. And then a downhill left to rider, you know, and he just rolled it in. Okay, he pulls his tee shot down the last. Who cares? But, you know, and a, and a brilliant second shot. He's trying to hit a front right and he pulls it, which, what you're going to do because you're full of adrenaline and, and you're still kind of half thinking flag, but you're not. And he, he caught a break. But mm. you have to, can't, you, you cannot win, you know, unless you do a Rory at a US Open and go out and destroy the field. You have to have an element of luck over the course of 72 holes. But the, the great thing about it was you had Bubba Watson, who's a unique talent, and Shane Lowry, who's just, you know, he's a Sam Snead, he's a, mm. he's a swinger. Mm. He maneuvers his ball beautifully, and the guys were hitting bad shots, but it was, it was almost back to Seve days. You know, it's more fun almost mm. seeing guys doing it out of the trees, and it was, it made for fabulous viewing, and, and then, you know, to knock it on the green the last roll in the putt, and, you can just see his genuine delirium, really, when he when he realised that he had done it, and it won't sink in for for many months to come. Mm. But he really is now where where his game deserves to be, I guess. Absolutely, and I think that one of the most impressive things that that I took out of this was that he has learned from these close experiences uh, because coming down the stretch when he had he had actually put himself in the lead, it was a case of do I push forward? Do I defend? Yeah. And he's continued to remain aggressive. Sure, there was a bit of luck riding yeah. on it, but he made his luck on the day and he and he needed to make his luck on the day. But I think more importantly, he didn't retreat. He, he didn't attempt to try and defend for six or seven holes, which you can't do at this stage. He, he stepped yeah. forward. He kept playing aggressive golf. He kept taking on shots and he backed himself that his short game was strong enough and I think that in that situation going forward, there aren't going to be many bigger events than this event, mm. except for the major yeah. championships. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But coming down the stretch, he will be able to do, he will be able to recount this experience now, mm. and he'll be able to say, "I have done this before." You look at Thomas Bjorn coming down the stretch in an Open Championship. You look at Lee Westwood. You look at very famous players who yeah. haven't delivered coming great, down the stretch. Great players too. Yes, great, yeah. great players. Yeah. But, but what we can say is that Shane Lowry has delivered when it mattered. And when we now talk about him in the context of winning major championships, yeah. he now is in a position, in my opinion, to go ahead now and get to the next level again, which is to compete and to compete regularly for major championships. I think that the, the thing I enjoy the most about it, and I remember chatting to Rob Lee about this one time, about guys that look at leaderboards and guys that don't look at leaderboards. And, and Rob is strongly of the opinion you don't really win in that sense if you don't know exactly what's going on and what you need to do. And there's a couple of players, you know, top players at the moment that don't look at leaderboards, but Shane does and Shane did. Mm. And he knew exactly what was going on the whole time. Because I, I remember when I, I do well in the Irish Open and a Dare Manor, I'd, I started looking at leaderboards at the fr front nine holes and then got out of my elements and I didn't look on the on the back nine. Mm. Um, and... You know, that's probably why I didn't didn't win golf tournaments. But 
the fact that he took on that pressure to know what was going on and, and still delivered, I think, is, is huge credit to him. I think the big thing moving forward for him is that he he does it his own way. He's got his team around him. I think it's very important at the moment. And I remember when I remember Paul Carrington saying to me, he played with Paul Laurie a couple of years after he had won the Open at Carnoustie, and Paul had hit a bad shot. And he goes, oh, that's not the shot of an Open champion. He had put all this extra pressure on himself. I think it's he has to revert back to what works for him. Still keep it as simple as possible. Mm. Do his thing, live his life as he does, because that's what works. He doesn't now have to go into this different mentality that, oh, I'm now a world golf championship winner and I need to do things differently. He has to, And I think that's the hardest thing for professional golfers, to have a long and su- successful career. If what you're doing works, keep doing it. It's the hardest thing to keep doing the same thing the whole time. Mm. And I think if Shane sticks to that, I think we, we can have a situation where he will have a career, he will win probably in the mid-teens, and, and hopefully a slice of luck, maybe a major here or there along the mm-hmm. way. But it's what he does works. And mm-hmm. that's it's really important to stick in that mindset and not feel that he has to do something that, that is out of his own. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I think he went to America this year um, very fit. Okay, So when you look at Shane Lowry, you mightn't say he's very fit, but he is actually very fit given the fr- his, his natural frame size. But I think more importantly, he played in, 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 in against tougher fields more regularly. Yeah. And I think that he realized this is a better environment for me to compete in because it challenges me more. And I think that going forward, he now is in a position where he can control his schedule. He has a, he has a two year yeah. exemption on the PGA three. Tour. Three, three year, sorry, three year yeah. exemption on the on the on the PGA Tour. He can control his schedule, so he can decide. I want to do a, I want to do a West Coast swing. I want to come back into America for the FedEx Cup and and, and the and the uh-huh. majors and so on. And and that's very very important because he can by being able to plan. He now knows for definite what he's going to be doing yeah, day in day years. out for three years, uh-huh. <clears throat> and. Given the lucrative nature of the PGA Tour, it means that he's going to be racking up world ranking points all the time as well. So we can almost, you know, assuming that his form continues, we can guarantee that he's going to be in the top 50 for quite a considerable amount of time to come. So a lot of very good positives out of it. One of the other things that came out of this uh, was the possibility, and in fact, the the fact that the the... There's a clash of fixtures yeah. now next year. The WGC now clashes with the French Open next year. Um, and I think that now means that those people chasing Ryder Cup uh, yeah. have decisions to make. Uh, so Shane Lowry defending uh, his Bridgestone title and world ranking points uh, now has mm. to make a decision. Uh, do I play in the Bridgestone or do I chase world, uh, sorry, Ryder Cup ranking points at the French? For, for, at the French? Yeah, I, I think the Olympics... Is um has really upset the schedule in a certain certain degree. I don't think I think historically we're we're used to a build up for the majors in the summer. There are are big events. Um, the Olympics really has upset the calendar. So we now have a situation where the French Open and Bridgestone, because it's been moved in June, are clashing. The European Tour are trying to protect their own, so the Bridgestone's not going to count on the order of merit. It's not going to count for Ryder Cup. I think Shane has to go back and defend. Absolutely. Because you have to, you know, you've you've earned that right to do that. So you have to absorb that and do it. 
world ranking points and the schedule he's going to play if he keeps playing at this standard he's you know a, a big chance to make the Ryder Cup team but I think it's very important I mean you know who knows in golf Jack Nicklaus always said you're only as good as your last shot so he has to go back and enjoy that moment of I remember when he when he won the Irish Open in 09 and he played in Bridgestone and he was devastated at the end of the week because he felt like a fish out of water and it was he thought the golf course was so demanding mm-hmm. he couldn't get around it and now we have a situation where he's matured his game has matured and he won the golf event but I can understand the European Tour protecting themselves and there's always been a case if and I think it's such an uneven playing pitch the European Tour you have a guy coming out of tour school and Andrew Coltart and I lost her cards around about the same time and went back to tour school and got them back. And then the following year, Andrew worked out in the schedule for the level of prize money. The guys out of Q school were playing for 38% of the pot. Mm. So it's it's brutally unfair on the regular European tour guys that these events can't. I don't think it's a bad thing that it doesn't. If the guys want to go over and play for the money and make the money, that's fine. But it's very it's very uneven. Like you have guys say... You know, maybe Richie Ramsey's and well, not so much Mark Warren, but guys in the in the kind of sixty to one hundred and twenty in the world rankings. You know, they like seeing Poulter and these fellas because they're getting into all these events. They have such a, a head start on them, and it, you get a lot of regular good European tour players having four or five top tens a year in small events. You just can't compete because mm. if you play half decent in these events, you're getting sixty, seventy grand just for turning up. Mm. You know, which in some events in Europe is a third or fourth place finish. Mm. I think maybe this might set a precedent in the future that, you know, maybe they shouldn't all count because the European Tour build up the prize fund. Oh, we're playing for a hundred million this week or this season, mm. but you got four, you got four ten million majors, and you got three world world events. You know, that's that's nearly half the pot already. So it's it'll be curious to see if if it's a once-off or, or if it keeps playing out like this? Well, I think there's a number of factors there. I think that you're, you're absolutely right in terms of what you're saying. I think that uh, the, the best players will invariably play uh, their own schedule mm-hmm. and the right a couple almost fall into place for them. So therefore, I see no reason why Shane Lowry won't be defending his title next year. I also uh, am curious to see if the French Open goes to this position what happens to that spot uh, in terms of the, the golfing calendar and the European Tour vis-à-vis the Irish Open and so on comes a bit close to the Open Championship. Uh, but more importantly, I think that the European Tour isn't strong enough to cut its nose off. I think that yeah, it, there, there are yeah. exceptional uh, reasons why this would uh, move into this slot and, and why the Bridgestone wouldn't count for, for perhaps next year. But I think going forward... Yeah, I think it'll revert uh, back. To exactly. In terms of world championships, in terms of the tours working together, uh, they'll be on, the European Tour will be under a lot of pressure to actually make it a counting event going forward. Plus the thing as well is the Ryder Cup is on the French Open golf course. So yes, it's, yeah. you know, I mean, if you think from the organisers' point of view, if they can't get at least... 15 potential of the 12 guys t- teeing it up that week. I mean, you're kind of wondering, well, what's the point here? 